Hello and welcome to episode 120 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. Sandy, it just took me like a full 45 seconds to find the record button over here, but I and found I, it. You, you have, you, I don't update my Skype. Like I don't have little reminders like you do. So I don't know if mine just happens in the background, <laughs> which I don't think so. Maybe I'm just not looking. I, I don't know. But every time you open your frigging computer... I'm telling you almost every almost every week when I open up Skype it'll be it'll be like you need to update. I update my Skype app all the time and it's ridiculous anyway, but usually it updates and like I don't really know why it updated. Like it it's no different than it was before. But yeah. so I had to update in the last yeah. couple of days. And so now I've opened up my Skype and I didn't realize that anything was different because it looks all pretty much the same. But then when I went over to the little like dots at the bottom that say more and you click yep. on that and then you like can look at the different menu, like menu items, one of the menu items is record. And so I was looking there and I couldn't find it. And I was like, there's no record here. Like, I swear it always says start recording like in this list and I couldn't <laughs> find it. But the record button. Now they've created a whole little button for record, okay. and it's its own little thing on the other side. It's on the left hand side. So it was in a completely different location. See, I mean, you you're you're kind of a go with the flow kind of gal. Like you can like for me, I would have been like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know where it is. Why do they have to keep changing it? Like, I just can't embrace the change sometimes with things. Like, I like things the way they are. Like, why change it if it's working? Don't reinvent the wheel. I do feel that way about a lot of things. Like, there are there are a lot of changes that I don't come to very easily. But some things don't bother me. Like, this, this is totally fine. In fact, I think I like it better because now I don't have to look in a little menu for record. I can just... Press it. All right. Well, let's look at you. You just like embracing that, you know. Embracing you just wrapped, change. You wrap your arms around it, give it a little squeeze, <laughs> and away. <laughs> yeah, but don't uh, don't don't get any wrong ideas. There are a lot of there are a lot of changes I don't do so well. Okay. I I, I the whole like wrap my arms around it, embrace it. I I when I managed the Canadian Tire in Anchor. Um, we had moved the location of the key cutting machine a few times okay. and no, none of the department managers wanted that because it is a royal pain in the butt. I mean, now, like we're talking about the year 2000. Okay. So like, it was like old school. Like if you actually go to a, um, like a locksmith and they would actually use the machines and there's some, a little bit of skill necessary. You need to get the right blank and all that. Now you just like put your key into a big machine and you know it reads some digital thing and pops some key out that right. maybe 60% of the time actually works on the first go. Mm -hmm. So um, the, uh, the the hardware manager ended up getting this key machine back and you know he was he was the kind of guy that just you know he now I know that there was probably some OCD things going on and uh, that that we always poked fun about at with him, but now I understand that there was a reason that things had to be always done in a certain way for him. Right. But his thing was, you know, that's okay. I'll take the key machine. I'm just going to wrap my arms around that. Give it a big old squeeze. You know? <laughs> kind, of, kind of Ted Lasso-ish, you know, like 
I mean, taking one for the team, I you know, it's that. all good. Yeah, but it was really was a pain in the butt to have the key machine. <laughs> but but, I, but, but I, you reminded me of, of that. I mean, so. sometimes that is the best strategy, like to to deal with something that is difficult or something yeah. that you're not particularly pleased about. Like the best strategy is just to it's like fake it till you make it, you know, just yeah. like I'll say to my students, like you know, if, if they're complaining that they don't like something or whatever, I'll just say, you know what, just pretend, just yeah. pretend, pretend you're having fun, pretend you like this, like, you know, <laughs> but, but truly like sometimes when you do pretend, sometimes I think pretending that something like, you know, and off, obviously I'm talking about, you know, things that are in the grand scheme of things inconsequential but yeah. like sometimes if you pretend that you don't mind it you you realize that you actually don't mind it yeah you know no but other, but other times you do actually really detest it but by pretending that it's not so bad at least you're not focused on how much you hate it well, it takes a lot more energy actually to resist something than it does to just accept it. And yeah. like you said, when those things really don't make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm okay. thinking, for example, like vacuuming. I really don't like to vacuum. Like it's a real, what? it's a real pain in my tuchus. But, but if I just pretend that I don't mind it, then it goes by a lot quicker and I, I mean, you know, I also have to give it to, you know, wearing my headset so that I can listen to podcasts or an audiobook while I'm doing it. But like, the thing is, I, yeah, I just, I really hate it. I really hate all sorts of cleaning. I like things to be so clean. I like them to be clean, look clean, smell clean, everything clean. I just don't like to do it myself. I really don't like it. But if I pretend that it's not so bad, then at least your energy can go into like actually doing the activity rather than being like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this because you're, you're right. It takes a lot of energy to actively dislike something. Yeah. And okay. Listeners, I'm just going to let you know that Henny actually doesn't have a huge area to, to vacuum. <laughs> In honesty, how long do you actually spend vacuuming? Like maybe five minutes? No. Like, do you, do you move everything out of the way? Yes. Okay. So every single time, like what if you just did a cursory? Because the real reason, Henny wouldn't even worry about it, except for she walks around barefoot 99% of the time, 99% of the year. That and that correct. she doesn't, she's like Goldilocks. That is like, there's something is like, is, like under her little foot. It could just be like a minuscule little thing. And, and it's I'm, like, I'm like the princess and the pea. Yeah. I, could be, I could be 20 mattresses up and I will feel that pea. Yes, yeah. exactly. You so are. That, that is really why. Or you could just be neater and just not drop anything on your carpet. <laughs> okay. So counter argument. <laughs> I'm very neat and tidy. <laughs> I'm currently living with an 18-year-old who is not so neat and tidy. But uh, no, it's but it's not even that. It's it's the dust. Yeah. Okay. You know, and then you can see it on the floor. I know. I that that 
that I will never have dark hardwood floors again in my life. Even though I, when you see them and they're, they're perfect, so beautiful, it, it, it like they, they suck you in they're and so then good. what they don't tell you is that, Oh, if you drop one thing on it, you're going to have a dent in that floor that your eye will go to every single that's, time that you see it. That's like surfaces that are black. Yeah. Like, like a, like a stovetop, for example. Yeah. Very attractive. Very attractive. I like all that, but yeah. Once you touch it, not yeah. so much. Yeah. Not so much. Also, I don't know what kind of socks. I mean, I do know what kind of socks Mark wears because I've bought them for him before, but maybe I need to buy something new for him because they produce an insane amount of lint. Ooh. And like every time the sock comes off, there's lint all over the carpet. I'm like, really? Ugh. Did you have yeah. to do that here? Can you not yeah. go into the bathtub for that? <laughs> or how about in the hallway outside? Like in front of the That'd neighbor's That'd be great. Door. That'd be great. Right in front of the neighbor's door. <laughs> and then come on in. I, I'm, I'm going to suggest that actually. Really or as he, gets off the, as he gets off the elevator before... <laughs> before getting to the door i i actually really really like that idea <laughs> oh dear oh dear okay let's as we're talking a little bit about cleanliness type things i i don't know i think i think you've probably heard this term because you listen you have listened to dax armchair expert they often talk to guests and it's come up more than once about the fact that they when they wash that they don't use like body wash and soap over their whole body right so so monica is got very dry skin and so she's always talking about how flaky her legs are and because she um is indian she's darker skin and so it really bothers her because you can really see it mm -hmm. and so Dax keeps saying to her, like, are you still using all that body wash? Like, why don't you just do it? So one of the armchair, uh, armchairies call, came up with the thing saying, like, the only thing that you use soap on is slits, pits, and tits. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I love <laughs> but, but I really love it. <laughs> so I have started, I have started doing that. Like, and then she'll, like, Monica will say to Dax, like, but I mean, I know that you don't smell because I don't smell body odor on you. And it's not like you don't work out. But there are a lot of, like, celebrity people that don't, that don't use any soap at all. Now, it's not the first time I've heard this. I also heard it because you know that Josh and Megan would also not be soap users. Mm -hmm. Because anything you put on your body does get absorbed into your skin mm -hmm. like when you're rubbing that creams and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff in it's going somewhere right mm -hmm. and um and they actually talk about just that uh it interrupts sort of like wherever you live like in your home you create your own type of bio mm. something i don't okay. i'm just trying to think what the word is mm -hmm. and that it you're you actually like balance yourself like your body gets balanced out by the people that you live with by right. your area that you live in, et cetera. And then when you start introducing all of these things that this starts to play with all of those, those levels and, mm. and puts things a bit out of whack, right? So anyway. Mm. I but, wonder, sorry to interrupt, but I'm no. thinking about that. So like, it, it would make sense that your body is prepared to manage the different 
article or particles, toxins, et cetera, that are in the air or in the water or in the soil of right. the area where you live. So I'm just thinking about like when you travel, are you in, like when you're traveling other places, like let's say you go somewhere else for a week, like are you there long enough that your body would be out of whack for those, like for those days that maybe, because like sometimes when people travel, I don't know, like they don't sleep as well or they're yes. constipated yeah. or they, like, or they have stomach bugs or like yeah. things like that. Like, do you think that just not being used to simply what's in the air in that area is enough to cause those problems? I think it depends on what the, what it is. So okay. like you were saying, so water is one thing that yeah. a lot of people have an issue with and depending on where you live, where you could, and a, and it's often comes up on the expat page here where people are like, oh, you know, should I not, like, I've been very careful. I'm not ordering any salads in restaurants and I'm not ordering this and I'm not ordering yeah. that, blah, 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 you know, and you think about, oh, if you go to Mexico, never have the ice, well, never, never have the ice. Well, definitely. I no. mean, definitely coming from like from this area, like coming from Canada, when you are talking about traveling to places in the Caribbean, even there's yes. a lot of discussion about don't drink the water. Don't um, like eat anything that would have been washed in the water. Don't do this. Don't do that. Cause, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Which is how why, much value why is in that or how much of that is just like paranoia. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and I and every and everybody is unique as 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 like our makeup. So we all, I, and I think it also depends on how often you travel because the more that you expose your body to different things, the more immune or mm -hmm. you know um, accepting maybe mm -hmm. it it gets mm -hmm. of that. And and um, so I mean now that you've you know you've sort of expanded on that, it, it totally makes sense, right? Yeah, I never yeah. that never even crossed my mind until you were just talking about that. Yeah. And and I so earlier this week you sent me a link to a podcast episode and the podcast is called the Myers Detox podcast. And so I thought, "Oh, I'll like I'll listen to that. Like what's that about?" I mean, I don't know as I necessarily would recommend the podcast. It wasn't yeah. Uh, yeah. like it was kind of blasé and like I'm not particularly sure of how informative it was. Yeah. But one of the things that they did say in that particular episode was something about similar to what you're talking about where you have in your home you have this you're not okay they didn't say anything about your body being used to what's in your home but what yeah. they did say was that just like that there are the thinking is that there are like 260 something individual toxins in the air in mm. your home mm. because of whatever cleaning products you use, whatever personal care products you use, whatever detergent you use, whatever cooking you do, like, you know, and I thought, and like, on one hand, it's like, I mean, it's fine, you know, but on the other hand, it's like, wow, that's, that's a lot of different scents and smells and, and things yeah. that you're putting into the air, mm -hmm. you know, all the time. Yeah, but I hadn't, and I just hadn't really thought about it before. And I thought, oh wow, yeah, that's that's quite something. I mean, that's sort of as far as I went with it. But yeah, yeah, they could be, I think it was the same podcast that 
they said like the average woman is there by the time they leave the house every morning they've already been exposed to like 126 different yeah. um uh scents and yeah you know toxins or yeah. chemicals or whatever yeah whatever. Yeah. yeah 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 Which, so it i mean it it just it feels like a lot yeah it does feel you know, like a lot. It feels like yeah. a lot. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Slits, bits, and tits. Go back to that. <laughs> so so it so I have I have really been making an effort, probably in the last month, to not actually like use body wash all over my whole body. You know, I I will use the body wash up that I have here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think I'm going to switch to like some sort of a, an unscented bar soap. Mm, okay. Just to use on my little, some people say it's just your bits and bobs, right? But <laughs> anyway. Sure. Yeah. Because there isn't one other spot that isn't in the slits, pits and tits. So <laughs> I guess it is a slit, but it's more of a. You just keep going. It feels like <laughs> it feels like you're digging a hole, and I'm and I'm watching you do it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm interested to know if there's anyone that listens that also doesn't use soap all over their whole body. At some point, I don't know if it was all over social media or if it was just like in one particular place. Like I'm not really sure, but I remember there was a period of time relatively recently like I'm gonna say maybe within the last year or two that it was all over like people doing these surveys or people posting things about like you know being being like some people being so shocked to hear that other people didn't like purposely wash their legs yes and and it was like this whole discussion and and I was like well and so I really had to think about it I was like well do I purposely wash my legs? I mean, no, like if I shave my legs, I do, but otherwise, no, I don't purposely wash my legs because when you shampoo your hair and then the shampoo just like goes all the way down off your body, like it feels, feels like that's clean enough. Okay. So you actually don't use, oh, you don't either. No. Well, I just asked you that and I thought that, that you, I was, I actually didn't hear you give me an answer. So you don't, you, but you must do your slits. <laughs> I mean, uh, you just slits. hope that the shampoo is going down your slits too. That's all you need to do. Just oh, lather no. up some shampoo, <laughs> put them there, scrub, okay. scrub, give a little. Yeah, no, okay. that's it. Okay. okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, purposely wash my armpits, yes. Do I use like specific body wash just to do my armpits? No, I just use the shampoo lather. So why when I come in your guest bathroom, do you have like matching brands of everything and containers that your guests can't open because they don't have their glasses on? (laughs) I mean, why do I have body wash in my guest bathroom? for my guests <laughs> because I recognize <laughs> that some people like to use body wash. I just can't be bothered. Oh, and I did use the body wash at your house that day, but I had to use Mark's because I was smelling old spice and manly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so he is a definite washer. 
and yeah. like not just like washing but like needs a wash cloth and needs oh. to like suds the cloth and like wash everything like he is a major washer and i'm just not i just can't be bothered yeah i i like a poof you know like a oh a loofah well i guess but not like those kind of like the real hard ones i i like no, like I just one of the like little yeah a pop ball yeah because it takes off the like the it removes the dead skin okay so i've been anyways i'm trying to convince you know phil because he like is so dry uh, i i mean you know like i'm like there's like another person like i could make i could re i could reconstruct you if i just saved all of this that's gross but thanks <laughs> <laughs> or phil <gasps> okay but, but he's very dry but it's probably dry because he uses so much bloody soap on his body okay, i mean same like it's marks the same like super dry and like so it's like the shower is like like bathing in suds yeah. and then there needs to be a lotion bathe yes. afterward exactly like, this all feels like a waste to me <laughs> our bodies were not meant like they were meant to take like they're designed to regulate this naturally but we have like allowed the manufacturers and like even when we go to the chiropodist, the yeah. the foot doctor, he'll he'll often comment like to Mark, he'll say, Have you have you been lotioning your feet? Never once has he asked me that. I also never once have put lotion on my feet. Huh. And so like it's just it's such a strange thing, you know, like yes. I mean there's other factors at play, I'm sure. Like, people's skin are yeah. different, right? Yeah. But, uh, and I mean, that's not to say that I never have dry skin or I never use lotion because, please, I, you know, yes, I do, and yes, I do. <laughs> but, uh, no, I just, this a shampoo lather kind of girl. Okay. <laughs> well, now everyone knows all of our little secrets <laughs> and that our slits, pits, and tits are clean. But I mean, they the are rest... clean. Don't you yeah. worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, you know, what is 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 actually remarkable is the amount of time that we just spent discussing that. But <laughs> it's ridiculous too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was listening to another podcast, and they were interviewing Matt Damon. So Matt Damon was talking about goodwill hunting and you know that um uh that it was a 50 50 right but that he has always seemed to get more of the accolades for the movie right. than ben than ben did anyway mm -hmm. so then they start talking about someone else with a movie so i'm going to ask you um did you know that sylvester stallone wrote rocky no i had no idea did you he know wrote, he wrote the script for it or for himself? Yes, he wrote it and he had $103 in his bank account and he was going to everyone to try to get this movie made. Oh, wow. And he was offered at the time $226,000 to sell it. And he refused, even though he had no money because oh, wow. it, he wrote it with him being the star. Yeah. And then it went on to win every freaking yeah. award. Yeah. And I don't know how many Rockies there were. I could Ooh, five, I think. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that was amazing. I'm like, I said to Phil, did you know we're running this morning? I'm like, hey, did you know that Sylvester Stallone wrote Rocky? So, and then I did fact check it. It is right. true. And that is true. It is true. I had no idea. I mean, it's one thing for him to have written it. Like, that's something. But I think that for me, the the better part of the story is that he was offered a tremendous amount of money, really, to sell Back it. Then. Yes. And and he refused because that wasn't his vision for it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's cool. I like yeah. it. Yeah. It's fun to learn things, like little details about people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking about little details about people. So this weekend, before I left Canada, I got to meet Steph in real life person. She was not an axe murderer. I'm very glad to hear that. Although you did text me exactly when you were going and where you were going so that I could follow <laughs> up. So <laughs> it was so fun. It was so nice to actually meet. And then we went and had ice cream, which was so good. So good. So when good. was the last time you'd had Baskin and Robbins ice well, cream? It wasn't that long ago because if you remember on my birthday, we were in, oh, we were in Colorado right. and we drove to like some small community, which I was yes. sure was going to be close and they didn't. And I had Pralings and Cream and Rocky Road, which have been my go-to for years and years and years in a waffle cone. It is excessive and piggish and it, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it all. But this week you didn't, you changed I it I didn't because... She was talking, like we were looking in the thing and I was, I already knew I wasn't going to have Rocky Road because it didn't, it, I wasn't, I've moved, I've moved beyond it. I have. Oh. I've, <laughs> I've moved beyond it. Now, cho- I've moved beyond chocolate in general, to okay. be honest with you. Okay. Like, I, you know, I, I'd rather the salty caramelish kind of okay. stuff okay. now. Right. If there's some chocolate and I'm not going to pick it out, let's be honest. But <laughs> and if it's a walnut crunch, then that's also. You're going to take it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take it. But um, anyway, so I had this caramel macchiato. Oh. Yeah, that sounds good. And now, so, and so now I know that you are going to meet her. Yes, we are also going to go for ice cream. And you want to know when the last time is that I had ice cream? I could not even tell oh. you. Oh, honey. Are you only going to have one scoop or are you going to have two? I think I'm only going to have one scoop. I think that's going to be enough. You know yeah. I'm going to have mint chocolate chip. And mint yeah. chocolate chip doesn't necessarily pair too well with anything. So wow. I'm okay with it. So um, I was looking on the Weight Watchers website just to see, you know, what kind of, you know, every once in a while I like to sort of poke around and see what kind of articles are there. And, you know, a lot of them are like, you know, five ways to get activity while you're, you know, in your kitchen or, you know, articles like that, whatever. And, you know, it, it is what it is. But then I saw this one article that was seven mindset metaphors to remember when you lose your mojo. And I was like, this, what is this? And I love me a metaphor or an analogy or, you know, some sort yeah. of comparison, like I'm into it. So I was like, what? is this and what it is is exactly that it's seven different metaphors or things to imagine when you're in certain situations and so i so there's a list of these seven Uh and then there's an explanation of what they all mean i haven't read the explanation so i don't know what they all mean but i 
but I have the list in front of us. So I thought maybe it might be fun if we like tried to figure out what they meant and then okay. like we can actually see if we're right or not. <laughs> okay. 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 So this one says to cut through counterproductive thoughts, picture a bus. So we're picturing a bus in an effort to like not have thoughts that aren't helpful. So like to change our thoughts to make them more helpful. How is a bus going to help us do that? Hmm. Maybe bus. like picking people up, like and getting dropping people off. off. So like yeah. if you notice the like a thought that's not very helpful, let it go. Like, yeah. like it's time for them to leave the bus, maybe. Maybe. Okay. So it says, uh, it says uh -oh. the bus exercise places you in the driver's seat. Okay. So you're the person in charge. But then it does say all of your passengers have different personalities and they represent oh. your thoughts. Some passengers act in kind ways and some don't. Yeah. Some, <laughs> and then it says picture yourself hitting traffic and then the passengers are getting louder which ones are you going to listen to and which ones are you going to ignore? Okay. All right. I kind of like ours better, but okay. I do too. Okay. okay. All right. Next one. To hold space for hard feelings, picture fluffy clouds. So we're picturing fluffy clouds mm -hmm. in order to give ourselves the space to feel things that are difficult. Like the fluffy, so that, I don't know, they're more, it's gentle, like yeah. they're, they move slowly around. No, I, I, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to, I don't know. These are hard. This is a hard one. So this one says, um, reflect Oh, so start by reflecting on the parts of your life that feel most deeply meaningful, your family, friendships, work, community, whatever. Picture those things forming a bright blue sky. Now take a moment to reflect on some of the day-to-day -day challenges that might be making things oh, okay. hard for you. Those are the clouds in your blue yeah. sky. And so what you were saying about them moving is true, right? Like they drift, like clouds drift in and out. Yeah. So I guess the idea is the sky is stable. Yeah. And that's, those are the people and the things that you can rely on and, and that are supporting you and the clouds sort of. Yeah. Or the, and the sky is vast, right? And so yes. the clouds. Ah, are, are sometimes you see more of the cloud than you do in the uh in other times mm -hmm. yeah okay. but in comparison to what's in what's actually important in your life they're very minor correct okay all right i'll buy that okay so the next one is to find resilience picture a ladder i mean i don't know like a ladder you you have to go one step at a time like you have to go up one rung at a time and eventually you get from the bottom to the top yeah i guess and like your building resilience happens over time like as you yeah because it's sort of like a slow going a stepping yeah okay okay so this says ah 
remember the classic board game Snakes and Ladders. Yeah. If you land on a space with a ladder, yeah. your player piece gets to zip upward closer to the winning square. Yeah. Um, this is a simple game with built-in highs and lows, and it's a good lesson in resilience. The goal isn't to avoid falling, it's to get back up as quickly as possible. Okay. So really that should say to find resilience, picture a game of snakes and ladders. Yes. Because it's the idea, I mean, that's a killer too in snakes and ladders. Like, because you you can have gotten up so high and so close to the end, and then you hit one of those snakes and you just... All the way down to the bottom. I, when I was at my mom's with the girls, we played three games of Snakes and Ladders. I won two. Okay. But the same thing. It's like I was at the very bottom. They're all at the top and that's all it takes. Or someone lands on, on your thing and you've got to go all the way back. Yeah. So you can never, yeah, that's a thing. It's a, it's a trying to never climb right back up Yeah, you can never, um, expect that you're going to lose or that you're going to win win correct yeah, yeah. yeah all right that's a good one it that's needed one. to be you know shoots and ladders and not just ladder yeah, but okay i know all right next one to practice gratitude picture a concert balcony okay. i mean if you're on the balcony you didn't have the money to pay for the best seats in the orchestra but i mean Maybe you're just thankful you made it in the room. Yeah, and yeah, I mean the true that you're you're seeing exactly. I mean your experience in the in a whole is exactly the same. No matter where you are. Yes. Yeah, you're right. right. And so that wherever you are, you should yes, be grateful for whatever the experiences that you have. I don't know. Yeah. All right. It says, when life throws you for a loop, it can be hard to recognize the good things. Similar to how enjoying a concert is difficult if you're getting pushed around near the stage by a sweaty crush of fans. Okay. I'm sorry. When you, <laughs> when you, when you read Concert Balcony, oh. what kind of a concert were you thinking of? I was thinking of like a symphony. Yes. And like you would be dressed up and it would like, like, like as if you were going to the opera. That's what was in my head. Whereas this is like a a sweaty crush of fans. (laughs) Like we're not at, yeah, we're not in the nosebleed seats at the top. But then it says, place yourself in a comfortable balcony seat above the fray. The crowd is still there, but from your new vantage point, you can see the performers and enjoy the songs. We went the entire opposite direction, but I think we got to the same final answer here. I, I, I think that, that you need to rewrite all of these. I, I think so, too. I think we could do a better job with this article. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one. To stay proactive, picture a pair of rain boots. Okay. I mean... Rain boots and being proactive. Well, I mean, you, yeah, you're ready for anything. anything. You rain boots. Oh, yeah, but your feet, if it's a hot day, your feet are going to be melting in those rubber boots. But. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not the most comfortable of things to wear. Although yeah. you would, you would be prepared 
for rain, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think like what else about rain boots? Like, I don't know. They're, they're rubber. So they like repel things. So you okay. like, okay. I don't know. I don't know that one. No. It says here, rain gear makes a good metaphor when tough circumstances threaten to soak our spirits. So, for example, the grocery store is more stressful, you don't have time to meal prep, or you can't go to your gym. What rain gear do you need to make the healthy choices? Perhaps your raincoat is an online workout series or a grocery delivery service. That's mm. nah. That's that's no. poorly put together. Yeah. I like that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got two more. So the next one is. Ooh, I think this one might be better. So this one says to shut down negativity. Picture your spam folder. Okay. Okay. I love my spam folder because when I, whenever I get like emails that are kind of junk, like I don't, I don't need, like, for example, I don't need to see an email from, uh, you know, roots every day. Yeah. But I don't necessarily want to unsubscribe from the list because every once in a while I'm I'm interested if there's a coupon code so I can send the like any emails from roots into my spam folder. So then they're still there so I could access it if I want to, but mm -hmm. I don't have to look at it cuz it goes directly there without me having to like delete it from my inbox. So to shut down negativity, picture your spam folder. I mean, yeah, you just send the things that you don't want to have to deal with right into your spam folder. And then if it's something that could be helpful, like maybe it's something negative that you're not, or like difficult that you're not quite ready to deal with, to deal with, take care of. right? And so, yeah. but you can, you can access it later, but you mm -hmm. don't, it doesn't have to be staring you in the face. Okay. That's, that's what I think. Well, I see my spam folders are full of things like erectile dysfunction, emails, like those kind of things. So, so like, I'm not, true I don't spam. <laughs> true, true spam. Yeah. 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 Oh, here it says sometimes negativity comes at us unexpectedly. One technique is to think about negative thoughts like junk mail. Take a moment to open your mental inbox, notice any unwanted messages, and slide them into a spam folder without engaging yeah. until you're ready. Yeah. Which is so exactly you, what I said. Say. But then it says, it's also okay not yeah. to click on everything. Yes. <laughs> and delete all. Yes. Click. Yes. Okay. I liked that one. That I like that one. Yeah. Okay. Last one, which we already, like you and I already talked about this. So yeah. for our listeners, this one's not brand new to us. Yeah. This one says, to boost your confidence, picture a balance beam. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So you know what the take is in the article, because before we started recording, um, we read through this one together. But what would you say, like, how would a balance beam help you? For me... I always think of confidence as like once you've completed something, 
then you've been able to build your confidence a little bit because you know, I, I did this, like I accomplished this one thing. And so it gives you the confidence to try that same thing again or to try something bigger again. And so for me, I was thinking about like a balance beam, like when you, like when you're, you know, really little, like three, four or five, you're, the balance beam is like, um, something that's super low to the ground. Like it might even be something that actually sits on the ground and you, or maybe even right. a line that's painted on the ground that you walk across. And then the next step up is like a balance beam. Like I'm thinking of in elementary school, we had a balance beam that was like a foot off the ground. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you're watching the balance beam finals on television for the Olympics and the balance beam is, you know, high. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, but what has, what has to happen is like, you first have to be able to manage this one like level and then you've, you've accomplished that. So then you have the confidence to try the next level up and the next level up and the next level up. Okay. That's what I was thinking. And I was thinking that to boost your confidence, like sometimes when you're going, if you're going across the balance beam, there are going to be parts where you are, you know, it's, it's perfect. And you're like one foot in front of the other, but there are other times there's going to be a little bit wobbly and it's having the ability to like move through that little wobble, but you know that you can still complete it, like get to the end. That's what I was thinking. You had a good one. I like that. So the actual article is talking about the fact that when you're on a balance beam, the best thing to do is just to continue to look forward rather than to look down at your feet or down at where you could end up. Because when you're looking down Mm -hmm. and you're focusing on what could go wrong, then something is more likely to go wrong. But if you're looking where you're supposed to be, where, where you're, you know, aiming to head, that that's going to help you see what you need to see. It's going to help you keep your balance and you're going to be more successful, yeah. which also is a, is a nice yeah, way I, I of bet, thinking of it. Yeah. But, but I like yours about sometimes it's going really smoothly and sometimes there's a wobble, but as long as you can, you know, take a moment, take a breath, write yourself, you can keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. I wonder, do you have any like metaphors or or visualizations or things like that that you do for any particular reason or in any sort of scenario? Trying to think if I do. Nothing that I would like. No, of course, of course, I can think about times (laughs) like running a marathon. (laughs) yeah and getting to the point where you're just like I'm thinking and visualizing like the brunch that I'm going to have at the end of it oh yeah a long run you know like that what is it like motivated I've been motivated with by food you know what is it that I get to look forward to once I complete this hard thing yeah that's a great example of a visualization that you use on a regular basis. Regular basis, <laughs> yes. Like, you know, the last couple of Sundays we're not running. If I don't run, then I don't get to have the donut at the end. Right. Yeah. That's a great that's a great one. Yeah. That's a great one. I'm trying to think. 
for me, there's one, this isn't um, like a metaphor, but it's visualization. There's one visualization. And I think that I've talked about this on the podcast before. So my apologies if I'm repeating myself, but there's one visualization activity that I remember our coach like walking us through the very first time that I ever joined WW. So like what feels like a bajillion years ago. Mm -hmm. And, and it was the, the idea was when you were going somewhere to visualize what that was going to look like before it happened. Yeah. And, and so you, I mean, that could be used for a lot of different areas. And so there are a few specific things that I use it for. So one is I've taken to using it for like, before I go into the grocery store, I'll like visualize, okay, so I'm going to go into the grocery store. I'm going to grab my cart. And then I like map out the path of where I'm going and the things that are going in my cart and the things that are not going in my cart. (laughs) And and if, and truly, if I take two minutes to do that before I go into the grocery store, I'm much more likely to make sure that I don't purchase anything that I don't actually want or need. Yeah. Um, so, so that really, really helps me. And then I also use that visualization technique when I'm going places. So if I'm going to someone's house, if I'm going to a restaurant, if I'm going to some sort of like dinner party event or, you know, as much as possible, I try and play things out like, okay, so, and sometimes I'll even like envision different scenarios. So like if like if this if this is offered to me this is what i'm going to do if that is offered to me that's what i'm going to do if this comes on the table like this is this is what's going to happen yeah. and and sometimes like i visualize myself not taking things or saying no to things and sometimes i fully visualize myself like taking something like yeah. but but the point is i've already played it out in my head yeah and then when it happens it's just like I'm doing what I already set out to do. And so it really, like, I do, I do, it, it sounds really kooky. Like even like talking it through, I'm like, that is a real, that is a real silly sounding thing. But, but it's not silly for me. Like it, it it really, really makes a big difference. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I, I, I can, when saying that there are times that I know that I've done sort of the same thing for me it's especially helpful for situations that I'm going into where I'm feeling a little bit anxious about Mm -hmm. nervous anxiety like that type of thing and Mm -hmm. that helps to for me to settle myself you know with like it's okay you know this Mm -hmm. you know yeah well, and, and sometimes it doesn't even have to, I mean, for me, it typically is about food, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be like sometimes, sometimes it's, I mean, it's some sort of a, like social. an event, a yeah, social yeah. event where it's like, yeah. okay, so I'm going to go in, I'm going to find this person, I'm going to yeah. say hello, then I'm, you know, then yeah. I'm, then I, then I'm going to go to the bathroom and like give myself a minute to regroup, you know, or like yeah. whatever yeah. it might yes. be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. those 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 kinds of events are not easy either. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. 
you know, for, for very different reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the, the other, other time is anytime I'm doing something that I'm at like a, a height or where Ooh. I feel like I'm going to fall backwards and that I have to like, I actually talk to myself and be like, okay, you're okay. You're okay. Everything's fine. It's going to be all right. Like take a nice deep breath. Like I, I either, if it's just Phil, sometimes I will like actually like whisper this out loud to myself. If there's a bunch of people, like this is what's going on in my mind. Like what is the worst case that can happen? The worst yeah. thing is that you're going to fall. Mm-hmm. Like, and what, you know, I, mm-hmm. I remember a couple of times where it was like, you know what, if I was to fall and like, I just want to die. I don't want to be hurt like badly and that people can't get me. I'd rather die, but at least I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Like I'm, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, my favorite analogy is always the garden one. And, and, oh, you know, yes. Visiting, oh, Sandy. Yes. Visiting that one with, it's like weeding your garden. So you have your annuals and your perennials and you have to like, you know, and then you have the weeds and it doesn't matter how much fertilizer you throw on it. Sometimes you have those people in your life that just continue to like entangle themselves and you need to really just like pull them right out. Because mm-hmm. the, the, the fertilizer is just allowing them to take over more space, right? Mm-hmm. Adding friends, you know, add those annuals, you're adding people in. The perennials are kind of like, the base that are there, your friendships. So, yeah. And even in the last year, you know, I know that there's been a couple of people that I had been in contact with and then it just gets to a point. It's like, okay, there's a lot of negativity here. And now I, I know myself, I'm taking it on. And I, mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing when people are going through something, but it's another thing when it's the same thing and there, there's nothing, they're not moving forward, you know, and hanging on to something. And, mm-hmm. um, it starts affecting you is when you have to be like, cut it, Mm -hmm. pull that out. Garbage. (laughs) That's, that's a really good one. Yeah. That's a good analogy to live by. Mm -hmm. If you know, and if you can grow things, because if you can't grow things, then it's like another thing. You you might have a lot of weeds. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. (laughs) My, um, my dad would always like whenever he will talk about me he'll or my or my mom he'll say the same thing for both of us that that we're like horses with blinders on like that uh, we, we have a destination where we're headed yeah. and nothing else will like nothing's going to distract us nothing will get in the way or we just like we are just going to plow forward no matter what and yeah. and that and so that's not necessarily an analogy that I use for myself, but it is one that I see in myself. Ah, uh, okay. And, you know, that, that, uh, that is, yeah. that does tend to be the way that I operate, ac- accomplish things. Yeah. Operate yeah. for sure. For sure. <laughs> but but is... I mean, and sometimes it's a good thing and other times it's not. A hundred percent. I think yeah. that is absolutely correct. I think yeah for a lot of, for a lot, in a lot of ways and, and for a lot of reasons, it's really positive, but I think it causes problems too. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Because when you are too focused on something, you, you can miss out on other mm-hmm. options and opportunities because you're not open yeah. to seeing them. Yeah. And, and I think too, I think sometimes it's, 
dangerous to be too focused on achieving something, you know, because once you achieve that thing, then what? Yeah. You know, so I think it depends on what it is that you're headed toward. Right. You know. Yeah. And and you can be headed towards it and get there and then you haven't enjoyed any of the journey to get there. Correct. All all your laser focused on is getting there. And weight loss is like that. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, I'm just going to get there. And then, and then done, but it's like, but truly like, absolutely. Like I think when it comes to weight loss, that's, that's a really harmful or potentially harmful way of thinking about it because I mean, we know that it's not like you achieve a certain number and then you're finished, you know, like, like this is something that, that you're con like every, like all the decisions that that you're making for your health and, and to, to manage your weight are decisions that you have to continue making as long as you are a living, breathing body. Right. So, you know, and, and, and you're, you're right too, that if you're so laser focused on some, on, on a number, that you're not willing to, um, you know, maybe take the long way around, you know, once in a while, like then you, you, then you end up missing out on a lot of things because you've created a scenario for yourself that is extremely restrictive. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so that can be definitely problematic too. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the hope that, uh, you know, well, once I, well, once I lose the weight, then all of these other things are going to be fine. Yeah. And all that happens is that you've lost the weight and all those things are even bigger than they were before. Correct. <laughs> correct. Correct. And because then, you don't well, have your weight, you don't have your weight to blame for all of the other things. Well, because of this, that this happened, I didn't get the promotion. I don't have this relationship, you know, I, mm-hmm. the, you know, whatever the, whatever it is for forever mm-hmm. for each of us mm-hmm. right we mm-hmm. all have our own little little mm-hmm. things yeah yeah I mean that's so true <laughs> it's, it's so effed up it really is <laughs> it really is it's a I mean life you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the good thing is is that you know in at least the last you know five to ten years that we we're more open to speaking about about those things you know yeah before, or, you know, you may have come to recognize that, that, that that's what's happened and that you have maybe the same pattern of gaining, losing those things that haven't changed. They just make you feel even worse, you know, going back and forth. But once mm-hmm. we started having conversations about and you realize that you're not the only person that has those, those kind of thoughts or those mm-hmm. were trapped in those patterns that weren't mm-hmm. very helpful that that we can, you know, see some long-term, uh, you know, results and even just like resilience to knowing when those things say it's okay. Like, yeah, that's, that's there, but gaining the weight back is not going to make it any better, you know, Mm -hmm. just so. Yeah. 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 I think, um, being able to, well, and feeling like you're in a, in an environment where you can talk about whatever the issue is that you're dealing with, whether it's related to weight or not, you know, I think, I think that's really helpful. 
you know, I, I often will say to my students, like problem, problems don't go away if you're not willing to talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, is it true that we might not find a solution if we talk about it right at this very moment? That is true, but you're not going to find a solution not talking about it either. Yeah. So I think, you know, sometimes it's important to take those things that we say to other people and yeah. embrace them for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, uh, yeah, to the person that we see every day in the mirror, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's hey. right. that, that advice that I give to other people, that's really good. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I should take it. Yeah. It needs to be on a boomerang, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Might hit you up the side of the head, but you know, eventually, eventually, you'll eventually, get it. It comes back to you for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Have you found that, um, you know, as you've gotten older, that the that you recognize when you have those blinders on, and that when you are just, yeah, laser focused. So, I think because as I've gotten older, I've recognized that it's not a po- it's not necessarily always positive. I think as a young person. I felt like that was the best way to be mm. and that it was commendable. Right. But you can and... control it. You can control it too, because you didn't have to be open to anyone else, maybe yeah. offering suggestions. Correct. You know? Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so the older I get, the more I realize like that, that's not nece- that although there are pieces of that, determination that is that is helpful in life and good that the whole scenario is not necessarily yeah the way that that I necessarily want to live yeah so so yeah so I'm much better at seeing it in myself than I used to be but but I think that's why because I I have a little bit more clarity about Mm. like what that what that is anyway Mm mm-hmm you know, I think also as we age, we just some of those things that we felt were so important that we were so driven for. You realize that if it doesn't actually look, you know, 100% perfect, it's actually okay. Correct. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. we're we're a little bit easier on ourselves and give yeah. us a little more flexibility around yeah. those things. Yeah. Which Charles takes- is a very good thing because otherwise, there's like it's very rigid and there's no room for unexpected things to come which then teeters you off onto like a another planet somewhere (laughs) it's difficult difficult way to live for sure (laughs) yeah absolutely well sandy what a delight to chat with you once again well you know what i i'm always amazed that i still find out that about you so that you know you're just like a shampoo my head and just wherever things fall they fall i'm a shampoo lather kind of girl (laughs) i kind of like that you know and you don't smell so that's okay and you sweat like like a banshee you know i guess like you're dripping everywhere all the time from your slits pits and tits like everywhere i really do That that is also true so, so you, see, you see, for anyone out there that's thinking that this wouldn't work for them, I, I can 100% guarantee if it works for Henny, it works for 99.9% of the population. <laughs> Said with love. 
Uh, all right, that's enough about my sweaty pits. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, and uh, have a great week. Let us know whether you fully lather everything, whether you don't, if it's something in between, maybe it's only on workout days. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> Let us know. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.